Hello, my friends. Eric Feltis here, life coach, speaker, actor, and host of The Great Unbecoming. This is a show about stories of unlearning. What did you let go of in order to become the person you are today? And what did you gain and learn as well? This is a show about letting go of stories that no longer serve us and stepping into our own authenticity. It's about unbecoming what society says you should be and remembering who you are and who you are meant to be. So sit back, relax, and welcome to The Great Unbecoming. Hello, Ms. Courtney Rue. Hi. How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been I've been and been enjoying starting this podcast for a while because I just really like saying your name, Courtney Rue. How are you? <laughs> it rhymes. Did your voice? I'm sure you've never heard that before. No, never. I'm the first person. Leave it to a man to tell you something about your name. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say if you're not on YouTube right now, then you're missing out because Courtney has the most delightful shirt on. And we'll we'll get into why I'm going to say this, but it's basically her and my powers and purposes combined all in one shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, sag aftra with a beautiful, inclusive, progressive rainbow behind her. Ah! I got it. Um, I marched in the pride parade for sag aftra and I got Did it. Did you? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, so many causes to fight for, you know? You know, it's, it's tiring, but we have so- to do it. We do. And I, I, I'm being so rude. There's an audience of people watching and I haven't even introduced my guest. Um, <laughs> so let's do that, y'all. This is Courtney Rue. Courtney Rue is an actor, coach, and podcast host living in Chicago. And now she's the mother of a 15-month-old. Oh, my I gosh. Got. I can't even keep a plant alive. Good for you. <laughs> it's <laughs> easier an... to keep a baby alive than a plant, <laughs> in my okay, opinion. Okay, I, I, well, I'll take your word for that. I don't need to test that one out. <laughs> Thanks for doing it for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, as an actor, you may have seen her most recently as a paramedic, as paramedic Courtney on eight seasons of, uh-oh, uh-oh. redacted until the strike is over. So we're so before we move on with your bio, explain to us why. Talk to me about this. Why are we not allowed to say? Why are you not allowed? Like, what's the rule here? So yeah. I understand. So one of the strike rules is that we cannot promote any show that is made by the AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, i.e. the studios. Mm. So because my show that I work on is part of the AMPTP, I can't promote it. And, um, but if you, you know, you look at my IMDB page, you you can figure it out. Yeah. And, and we're not going to say the name of the show, but, but Courtney is a a paramedic on a show that rhymes with Chicago (laughs) smed, (laughs) but I didn't say it because I'm following the SAG rules. Yes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I just, can I just pause for a second and tell you something that drives me crazy about o- oftentimes commercial auditions? And then we're going to get back to your bio. Yeah. I had an audition once where I was asked to bring, this is a while ago, but I was asked to bring three of my friends in and it was for a Botox commercial, Courtney. So they wanted me to bring three friends in, all of which would be comfortable getting Botox comfort available for the callback and for the actual shoot dates. And I asked, I asked someone, I go, is it okay if, if you just partner me up with people? I don't respectfully feel it's my job to, yeah, to it's find not people. Your job. It's not my job to do that. Right. And the reasons for striking on the other contract. Thank you. Yeah. And, and they said, no, they're looking for real friends. And I said, hold on a second. 
So you will trust me to be a heart surgeon on a show, but you don't trust that I can be an actor to friends? You don't think I can pretend to be a friend to someone? You don't think I can make friends with the people? And make friends? Like, <laughs> I'm yelling. I'm angry. Yeah. And oh, gosh. The things that they ask for in auditions. It's, I, it got to the point. We'll get into that. And I love my reps, but it got to the point where, like, I just felt so disrespected. And I don't have the time for that. It's not my huh? job to find people. Anyway, we're back to you. Um, yeah. So she's in a show. Um, and you could also have heard her. This is me, me my smooth transition back to your bio. Heard her <laughs> voice on a Jimmy Dean commercial or seen her as the spokesperson for Hotshot. Courtney can also be seen in. I want to make sure I'm saying it's it's Marlene, right? Marlene <laughs> Barrett. Yeah. Marlene Barrett's film High American. Courtney is also an advocate for actors. She hosts the podcast, The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. She she coaches actors who feel stuck in their life and career. Finally, she serves on the national board as well as her Chicago local board for SAG-AFTRA and was on the negotiating committee for the TV theatrical contract, which is now on strike. With each pursuit, she seeks to inspire and empower actors to create a life of joy, freedom, and abundance. And I'll put this in the show notes, but you can also follow Courtney at... Courtney Rue, that's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-R-I-O-U-X on Insta and reach out to her at CourtneyRue.com. Courtney, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Well, I've been, I mean, it's so good to see your face and to collab with you. So Courtney, uh, we couldn't figure out which class it was, but she was actually my teacher at Actor Studio Chicago once, fell in love with her then. Not only a talented actor, a talented coach, but everything she says about helping actors to uh, create a life of joy, freedom, and abundance is so true. Creators, creatives need to feel safe if they are going to create. Survival comes first, so, right? So if we are looking over our shoulder, if we feel uh, judged or unsafe, we can't really dig down in, into our creativity. I've always felt safe around you, which I think is such a good gift for a coach. And it's just really nice to be on this level with you today. Yeah. It's like all these years later, of the, stu- the student has become the master. <laughs> <laughs> I will yes. first. I just want to say I'm I I'm so proud of you and the work that you're doing. Um, and I remember when you came to me and you're like, I think I want to do this life coaching oh, thing. That's like, right. Yes, yes, do it. Um, because I know you were you were not loving your uh. normal person job right right (laughs) I totally forgot about that conversation oh my gosh yes because when I became a life coach I don't know about you but it started as sort of like a whisper like Mm -hmm. I only want to tell a couple people that I feel safe around because I don't know I just need to hear how it sounds it's like planting a tree at first it's very fragile we need to protect it with people that love us before we allow anyone to just trample on it right yeah no and even someone I told that I love dearly was kind of negative about it and I was like oh and then she apologized later but she was like you know she's like that's my own getting in the way yeah yeah. projection um good good to note that you can say whatever the fuck you want okay great it's my own shit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah it's it's scary to tell people something like that and it's vulnerable and we're used to being vulnerable but kind of in a different way that's not um that's in a character or something, not like us. And this is us being us. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I hear this often. I, I talk to so many men, um, you know, this listeners, you know, I'm a gay life coach that helps other gay men free themselves specifically from church shame. And I talk to so many performers and there's something so beautiful about the sanctuary that, 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 that theater gives us mm-hmm. when, when we're so uncomfortable growing up in the closet, we don't know how to be ourselves. And here's an invitation to be flamboyant. Here's an invitation to be someone that you're not and to be seen. It's yeah. almost permission to be seen as you are through, through the lens of someone else. I think that's one reason why so many queer people um, and misfits and people who don't feel they belong are so uh, yeah, you belong attracted to this. You belong here. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody what, belongs. And what is your, and I know y'all, you know, we're going to get to the, the, the strike because we're not there yet, but please keep listening. It's, most likely scarier than you think it is. Okay. There's so much at stake right now. Yeah. But, but before we get there, talk to me about your relationship to, to theater and to acting. How did you get involved? Why did you stay around? What was that like for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. It's starting at the very beginning. I was a super shy kid. I mean, my uncle just texted me and was like, I just saw you on the news. Like, I'm so proud of you. I remember Mm -hmm. that shy little girl who would hide behind her mom's back and I would give my relatives my forehead to kiss um, because I didn't want them to kiss me. And like my (laughs) um, my sibling started dance classes uh, when we were they were eighth grade. I think I was in fifth grade. um, And. I did not want to take the dance classes because I didn't want people to watch me on the monitor. I was so shy. I didn't want people to watch me on the monitor. And then I saw their first performance and it was in the dark theater. And there were these, my, my sibling wasn't even in this number, but these women were doing like amazing grace with these beautiful long dresses. And it was just like, so I was just, in awe. And I turned to my mom and I was like, I want to take dance lessons now. Mm-hmm. So in fifth grade, I started taking dance and it really got me out of my shell. And then I started singing lessons. And then I tried out for the musical. And later my mom said, she was like, I really wanted to say no, because I was so sick of driving you kids around <laughs> to like activity after activity. Oh, but I'm her. glad I didn't. Um, yeah. so she said yes. And I did the musicals and um, and then I went to college for uh, for just straight theater. I was like, I don't want to do musicals. I want to do I want to do theater, uh, respectable theater. You right. know? <laughs> pause, pause, pause for a second. Have you yes. seen theater camp yet? Not yet. But I oh, God. OK, so there's I, I'm not giving anything away. It's so good. It's it really is just an hour and a half of inside jokes for theater kids. Um, I'm not giving anything away because it's in the preview. But there's a point where. He goes, he's explaining something. He goes, well, there's 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 musicals and, and there's straight plays. And he goes, what's a what's a. I don't know what he says next, but he goes, there's musicals and there's straight plays. And he goes, so if there's straight plays and like, what are gay plays? He goes, musicals, musicals, musicals. (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) I totally butchered just to go see the movie, but it's so good. (laughs) Okay. So you're an actor. You're not doing musicals. You're very, I'm not doing musicals anymore. I'm a very serious actor. I want to go where Steppenwolf actors went. Right. right. Uh, So I went to school and then I, of course, when I graduated, the only thing I was getting cast in were, Gay plays, musicals. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, then I started auditioning for TV, uh, well, commercials, mm-hmm. um, commercials, industrials, that kind of stuff, on camera stuff. And I was like, oh, you can make more money doing on camera and voiceover mm-hmm. than you can doing theater. Okay, I think I'm done with theater. So I quit theater. 
And uh, I started getting into like, yeah, the voiceover commercial thing. And then I actually quit acting for a year. I was still doing voiceover, but I quit for a year to get my life coaching certification. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of really burnt out with the industry as a whole. And someone talked me into coming back. And that's when I booked Schmishmashmoshmash. Actually, Schmishmashmoshmeyer. And um, (laughs) then that became... Y'all, there's like three shows in Chicago. If you don't know what it is, come on. (laughs) Anyway. um, But it's the same role on all three of those uh, same Chicago. world, yeah. same world, same character. And then I, they started giving me a name, which is my name. And, um, and here we are today. You've been killing it. You've been killing it. How fun. Thank you. Thank you. It's What's so fun, fun to watch your is, journey. Thank you. Um, I was talking to one of my po- podcast guests about this. Uh, I'm almost at a hundred episodes um, next season, if I if they have me back, um, if there is a show, I right. will I will have done a hundred episodes most likely. And um, I was telling this person that we're I'm still getting like billed and paid as a co-star. Like I'm getting more I'm getting more than scale, but I'm still like co-star. And they were like, they're they live in LA now, and they used to live in Chicago. And they're like, my jaw just dropped. One of the things we are fighting for with the strike is um geographical discrimination and they just think because you live outside of la or new york they can pay you less they can bill you um with a smaller you know role um they can say it's local hire when it's not local hire for la actors or new york actors Mm. Um, it's just like like you were talking about there there's just a lot of disrespect um and like dehumanizing that goes into a lot of these uh, practices right. that they they keep and that we're trying in our proposals to be like hey hi can we stop doing that cuz it's not cool <laughs> yeah well and i think there's so much misinformation i think that the, the general public sees um, you know, big time movie star, at, you know, names and think, what are right. they complaining about when they're the top 1%? Well, and they keep calling it the Hollywood actor strike as well. And right. I think that's the the point. So the AMPTP, they own the news stations. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're seeing negative press about this, it's because it's owned by the companies we're striking against. And mm. so to say like, we're greedy actors and, oh, Hollywood actors are on strike. No, we have 160,000 members in 23 locals outside of New York and LA. So 25 locals total, it's a national union. 86% of our members do not qualify for health insurance. And it Mm. takes $26,000 a year to qualify for health insurance. So 86. Say that again. I need need you to go back and I need you to say this slower if you don't mind, because this is so important. And I want us to really understand these numbers. Yeah. We have 160,000 members. Yes. 86% of those members. And I think some are broadcast and they have their own insurance. So it's like, whatever. 86% do not make the $26,000 a year that it takes to qualify for health insurance. So not only are you living below the poverty level, 86% of actors, 
Yeah. But you are also, well, more than that, but you're also not right, making, you also have to shell out hundreds, exactly hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to be covered with health insurance as well. Yeah. And so it, this is not Hollywood actors, uh, the 1%. This is not like Tom Cruise asking for more money. Like Tom Cruise is fine. He will be fine forever. This is the working class actor. This is the middle class actor even who this is the 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 guy on TV or the girl on TV or the person on TV that you see and you're like, oh, I recognize them. I don't know their name, but I recognize them. Right. 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 And, right. and they are struggling. They are not making the 26,000. There's even series regulars because of the way that they have now they make seasons like six episodes long. They um they go years between seasons, right? And and like I didn't think of this before these negotiations, but they also tell you you can't go, hey, series regular, you are you are ours. You cannot go do other work. So they're only making the money for six episodes and they have a two-year break in between. Those series regulars are not making health insurance. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And and we're like, could you possibly like, I don't know, maybe give them health insurance or something like, like, <laughs> I want, I want you to think about this y'all. So think about your favorite show on HBO. That's because oftentimes the shows that are like six episodes, oftentimes they are a bigger budget. So they're more well-known. They, they pump a lot of money into advertising. I don't even know how much their CEOs make millions. I, and I have a list. Okay. I, I have a list. Okay. If, let's yes. I want, cause I want to, I want to start yeah. the conversation with the, the list of what the CEOs makes. This is from an Instagram post. I reposted from Robert Reich. Netflix CEOs make 51 million and 50 million. Warner Brothers makes 39 million. Comcast, 32 million. Paramount, 32 million. AMC, 24 million. Fox, 24 million. Disney, 24 million. And just in case, like, you can't wrap your mind around those numbers, uh, it was it was posted that Bob Iger makes $74,000 a day. He's the CEO of Disney. $74,000 a day and 86% of actors don't make $26,000 a year. So they're saying greedy actors, we're saying <laughs> tone deaf CEOs mm. who are greedy and it's just it's it's, it's out of control. It's out of Thanks. control. And, and and we could talk about this, but there's so many ways we can go with this, but I think part of the problem is the culture and mm-hmm. I think it starts in even even before schools of like, well, you should want to be abused. Yeah. Well, if, if you can't handle the, these 12 hour rehearsals, then you then you're not cut out to be an actor. No, I, mean, I just have self-respect. No, seriously. And and not even just like theater actors or or actors like I just read a post that was like homework for for kids like like elementary school kids are being made to be in school all day and then do homework all evening and it's like they're they're being trained to be workhorses worker worker workhorses who are exploited yes yes <laughs> like, yes there's got to be a better way and we have to unlearn like the like the great unbecoming of like capitalism and mm-hmm. like who does that benefit mm-hmm. who does capitalism benefit it's not the workers no and those that think it does are in a cult of innocence because right. we're all kind of supporting it, though. Um, well, yeah. So 
So just again, to reiterate this, think of your favorite show on HBO. It's possible that that, that the lead, the person, because when, when we say a, a series regular, it's someone that is more, they have a name, they're a lead versus a co-star that might say, do you want fries with that? Or right. that, you know, that might just interrupt the scene, right? Or the guest star who is uh, there for the episode, but not there for the season. Exactly. Um, which though it, the, we'll talk about them as well, but we're talking to see a, a, a series regular doesn't even make more than third. It doesn't even make thirty thousand dollars. Like that's for the. That's insane. That's when insane. Because the in between time, so they're making right, it right when they shoot. Sure, you know, sure. They're, Feast they're and making, famine. They're making good money when they shoot. Right. But with streaming residuals, they're not making residuals. Let's and, talk about that. Yeah. So um, I don't know what was it ten years ago. It was the the first big streaming show uh, with an actor we don't talk about anymore, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they said this, the studio said, Hey, we, d- we don't know what this streaming thing is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be successful. Like, how about we just like, you give us a break right now and we'll like talk about it later if it's successful. Yeah. And just to break this down in case this is new for y'all, which is fine. Cause Courtney and I think about things like this all the time. It's what we do, but the transition Courtney, right. Is from like daytime, not daytime, but oh. like, like live. Can you yeah. explain the difference? Yeah. Like what so was that like, the I, I work. Yeah. I work on a network TV show and we have advertisements in, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, there's 30 minute shows and there's hour long shows. And then you plug in, they're not really 30 minutes because there's like 23 minutes and there's seven minutes of ad. Right. Right, And so there's a lot of money being pumped into those. And like, we were always pretty fairly compensated. Like I get good residuals for Chicago. And um, (laughs) it's funny every time (laughs) you got to do it at least three times. Right. Right. Um, So like with the network TV, a part of our contract, you were getting fairly compensated. Um, residual or streamers came along and they were like, hey, we don't know if we're going to make money for this. So we can't, we can't give you all these residuals because we just don't know. Right? right. And so we never got to negotiate and we have negotiations every three years for this contract. So in 10 years, I think we probably had four negotiations, something like that. Mm. Um We've never gotten those residuals because they keep crying broke. Mm-hmm. They keep saying we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can afford to pay our CEOs millions and millions of dollars. We can't afford to pay residuals. Now, why why are residuals important? Because these companies are making money off of our likeness, Thank off you. of our image, off of mm-hmm. our voice. Yes. And every time it plays, we get recognized from that, right? Mm-hmm. Some more than others. But um what they're doing is they're and and it's sometimes especially in commercials you have like conflicts where you can't go do a Burger King commercial if you did a McDonald's commercial. So residuals right. is a way of saying, hey, I know you can't go do this other thing, but we're going to pay you money because we're making money. So we're going to pay you money because it's your likeness yes. and um, and we're making money. And they continue and, to make money after it's aired is what is what you're saying. Yeah, they continue yes. to make money after it's aired um, and and every time it airs. Right. And you can't go do this other work. So here, please have this money. Right. And so it's it's worked for everybody. So pause, pause for a second, because mm-hmm. I want to I want to put this into perspective of Chicago. Now, you are one of the few lucky ones. You've earned mm-hmm. it. 
Thank you. You've earned it, but also you are the same character on every show. So you have that flexibility. If I were in Chicago and, and I booked oh, yeah. a co-star again, and I said, hey, do you want fries with that at a diner on, mm-hmm. let's say, Chicago Fire? Um, yeah. I, for two years, would not two be years. able to book another role. So let's say I booked, let's say I made $1,200 which might sound like a lot of money for one day, but also keep in mind how many auditions we have, how many classes we're in, all of the work we're doing that we're not getting for. It's yeah, not yeah. enough. But anyway, so I do this one co-star role on Chicago Fire. I cannot, unless they call me back as Diner Joe in right. any of the other shows, I can't, because it's all the same world, I cannot work on any of those shows for two years. That's a big deal. So keep that That's in mind. a huge deal. Another reason why they need to pay us more, but continue. Yes, exactly. Um, and sometimes I feel bad saying the stuff that I'm saying because I do make health insurance and I am able to pay my rent. And it's like, okay, but there's so many of, of me, like you said, in Chicago and, and all over the country that can't. And, and also, if my show stopped being on network TV and was just on streaming the money it would stop and they would would still make money off my likeness but i wouldn't get compensated for it we're not asking for more money with these residuals we're asking for the money that you stole from us that you took away from us by saying please give us a break and we gave you a break and now it's successful and you will not pay us not you, Eric. You no, know no, 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 you know, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I feel the fire and I think, you know, this Courtney, but I want to say it anyway. Uh, you don't need to apologize for your privilege. I think that we, you and I both have a lot of privilege in different areas. Yeah. Did you earn it? Yes. Is it a privilege and an honor to do what yes. you do? Hell yes. And you are using that privilege to stand on your platform and to help other people. It's literally what you do for a living. So Thank you. Thank you. I think with with privilege comes responsibility and you're using yeah. it wisely. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, of course. Cry. You can cry. Okay. This is a safe space. Um, yeah. So privilege. then we have people like the CEO of Disney who says that we're being selfish. Mm, selfish and ridiculous. Yeah. Was the word ridiculous. Yeah. Listen, I think it's ridiculous that you make $74,000 a day exploiting workers because mm-hmm. that's uh, millionaires and billionaires. Billionaires do not get to be billionaires without exploiting someone else's work. It's just the way that it is. There's literally no way that you could go to work every day and make a billion dollars on your own. You can't. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. so you make a billion dollars because you're not paying people enough. Mm-hmm. And CEO pay has grown, I think it's something like 1700% since the 70s, whereas minimum wage is still stuck at like 725 in some places. You can't even buy a Starbucks for 725 anymore. Like that it's not a livable wage. Um $75,000 a day is pretty livable, I would say. Like yeah. uh it's just ridiculous. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And then not not only on top of that, like there were um, there was that article that was saying that these studios were just saying, well, the end game is to just wait it out till the writers and actors become homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And then these are the people that we're dealing with. I just don't understand how you can be so tone deaf, not realize how shitty that sounds. And then and then Universal trimmed 
the trees around their lots so that picketers would not have shade in LA mm-hmm. in LA they're not even the ones who are the city trims those trees they need to have a permit they didn't get a permit they trimmed the trees and then there was backlash on the internet oh yeah thank you internet and and then they donated tents to oh, put thank you trees. so much thank you so much it's like Okay, you stole our money and then we're asking for our money back and you're not giving it to us, but you also stole our shade. But okay, you could have these tents. Thank you. Y'all, I know it's like this is just a drop in the bucket compared to everything else, but look these pictures up. It's absurd. Like brutally, brutally hacked. They're naked. They're naked. I'm actually uh, striking at Universal tomorrow, so I'll make sure I wear my hat. Oh, yeah. Yes, wear your hat. Bring a water Water. for your body and your soul everything so <laughs> this is only a half of his residuals let should we yes. even crack open the, the beast uh the pandora's box of ai oh god okay well there's four things actually so before we even get to ai i just want to quickly say the four things sure the first thing is the economics of it all so like minimums keeping up with inflation with minimums they're saying they're giving us a historic five percent raise well that doesn't cover like i would be making less than i did in 2020 if we're talking about inflation here which we could call it greedflation i think um and just like being squeezed out like they're looking for ways to cut us out of everything like shorter seasons longer periods in between seasons paying actors across the country less like there's so many ways where they're trying to squeeze us out of the 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 money that they used to pay us um then there's the residual streaming which we talked about and and we're asking for 2% revenue share that's that's nothing 2% um and they won't even talk about it they would not talk to us about our most important issues. Like we want to go back to work. They're the ones who are not coming to the table and who wasted the 12 day extension we gave them. Anyway, mm. tangent. Okay. Mm-hmm. The well, next- well, strategically and in- intentionally yes. ignoring, pushing, you know, hoping for us to be homeless, pushing, kicking the can down the road. Yes, exactly. Uh, and also so they could promote their precious movies um, because they knew we were going to, say you can't promote so um the third thing was is self-tape boundaries so like things that you were talking about in the intro um we were asking for like hey can you maybe for a first audition not give us 12 pages or oh, yeah and they i oh, eric i was on the zoom so angry i was on the zoom when we were across the table from the amptp and some of them were in the room and some of them were on zoom and the zoom the people on the zoom like i'm gonna explain it and i'm gonna do it for the youtubers and for the the listeners is like arching back head rolling like like oh these people they're asking for so much and it's like can we please not do auditions on weekends and holidays can you please actually give us information when we're auditioning for something like i don't know what genre it is or what like type of character it is and they're like well if we tell you that it's an elf you're gonna know it's for a certain thing or if we tell you it's a superhero you're gonna know it's for so well, you can't know and then it's like how do we do a good we're audition setting us up for failure and y'all just to give you some perspective because this happens all the time it can be an audition and we have two days to do it and it's 12 pages keep in mind most actors don't make enough to get health insurance so i think 
you have to have other jobs. You are you are working sometimes two, maybe even three jobs. Places like LA, where I'm at, is not cheap. Chicago's no. not cheap either. No. And in between jobs or on your lunch shift, you have to be memorizing these lines. And then you have to give them a pristine self-tape with someone else in the room being a reader for you. Yeah, you have to be the casting director and cast someone else as your reader and ask a friend to be put out. And get 12 pages off book. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Anyway. And probably do three takes or something so you can at least have one good take to send them like at least yeah, yeah. so yeah. obviously yeah. it's not it's not an unrealistic ask to maybe and bring the it down thing to three is, pages <laughs> listener there used to be a thing called callbacks where mm-hmm. if they liked you and they wanted to see more they would call you in for more but now they're like well it's it's not it's tape they could just do it and then we could just have it if we need it but most i feel like most casting directors and producers can they can tell if they want you in the first seven seconds or not. Yes. So having us do 12 pages and then being like, mm, not really, and move on after seven seconds. It's incredibly disrespectful. Our time, our time is worth money, and we're the only ones not getting paid to audition. Everybody else is getting paid the, their salary for their job. Yes. We are not. Right. And, and, it's, I, and some perspective as well, y'all, is like, you know how scary it is to not know, like to be out of work and to mm-hmm. have interviews, right? Think of an interview as being an audition. Mm-hmm. We are not actors. We are professional auditioners, most of us, 95% of us. So we don't know when the next paycheck is coming, right? So it's audition after audition after audition, and you just let it go and you move on to the next one. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. And you're, I mean some actors are going on three to 10 auditions a week. Like imagine going on the most ridiculous, vulnerable job interview three to 10 times a week for the rest of your life. Like that's what we do. And you know what? We learned to love it. It's a part of the job. We have to find the joy in it. But also this is why we're on strike is to fight for some of these things. Yeah. We just want some boundaries. We just Mm -hmm. want some some respect. Yeah. (laughs) Self-tape boundaries. Um, And then finally, the uh, the scariest piece of it all. Um, And this is when I I keep saying, and this is something SAG after I said, we're fighting for the survival of our industry. And I'm, this is a global issue. This is not just a SAG after issue or a WGA issue, the Writers Guild of America. Um, AI, there is technology that exists today and there's actors in this negotiating room saying, I've been scanned. I have gone to to work and they said, OK, now we're going to scan your body and they do a, a scan of your body and they create an AI version of you that I mean. For now, it's like if you die, they could finish the movie. Okay, fine. That's that sounds great. But what they want to do, this is the example I'll use because it's pretty scary. They want to pay background actors who they treat as less than human um, half a day's pay. And they just want to use their AI digital image, their likeness, their likeness. For the rest of time, without consent or compensation, they're going to get rid of background actors. Now, um, there's a lot of things wrong with that. One being the end of background actors. They're part of our union. They deserve to have a job. And I'm acting with background actors. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to act. Your environment. It's yeah. a whole environment, right? I don't want to act to nothing. Costumers, costume background actors. 
um, most of the time they do their own hair and makeup, but sometimes they, if it's specialty background actors, they have their hair and makeup done. That's someone else's job gone. Uh, catering caters to them. That's someone else's job gone. Uh, um, the fabric maker who makes their costumes, that's someone else. I mean, it, it's just a domino effect that really, uh, starting with the livelihood of the background actor, just like disappears. And we don't even think about like, I never even thought about that before when it comes to like, I I just thought about like that background actor losing their job, but it's so much more than that. And it doesn't end with background actors. They, they want to have your digital likeness to use it, Like they want Tom Hanks. They want to make movies with like 19 year old Tom Hanks for the rest of time. And that just, ends all of our careers they and not only does it they end don't our... want to get your consent they don't want to compensate you that's all go ahead <laughs> no 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 we're on the same page and i just wanted to say you know i interrupted you but i no. want to say like you know it's not just that it would end our jobs but how violating to think that your likeness can be stolen that would be like that's no different than plagiarism that's like yeah taking a book AI... that you sp- yeah ai is plagiarism software that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And and don't get me wrong. I know I post a lot of videos on TikTok, which is scary as hell because that mm-hmm. is not, we don't have any regulation over that. That is not an app in this country, so we can't regulate it. Someone else has my likeness. If we're on social media, they have your likeness, period. They have your likeness, yeah. And without protections like what SAG is working towards right now, they can continue without those protections to use your likeness in movies in, or just think about how they can also violate you in other ways with your likeness. I mean, Tom Cruise was one of the first actors that was being used with this, like the deep fakes. And he spoke to us and he was like, that is like, it's dehumanizing to see yourself being used. And it looks so real and it sounds so real. And it's like, this is a human problem. This is not just an actor problem or a writer problem. It's a human problem. And, you know, we have protections in place through um, copyright infringement. Uh, and and so there's like some work around there where like, oh, um, I think Sarah Silverman is suing for chat GPT stole her her book and like used her book to train chat GPT oh. to sound like a human. So wow. like there is that sort of protection and she's going through a lawsuit right now. But um, we really we actually really need federal regulation uh, to come in and help because these greedy CEOs are not going to give it up on their own. They're like, well, we just want, you know, they wouldn't even talk to the WGA about it. They they barely talked to us about it. They, they waited the whole time, uh, our whole negotiation. And at the last day, they were like, here's the AI proposal. It's like, oh, cool. Thanks. We we really had having enough time to look over this. Thank you so much. And, and they we gave them in the beginning, we gave them a huge, great, detailed AI proposal. And they did. They just like made their own. And we're like, actually, we really want some more options here. And then they were like, well, we're not. So Duncan, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, our lead negotiator was like, so in this, it seems like you could just like use the background actors, digital likeness, like forever in perpetuity without paying them. And they're like, yeah, but we wouldn't. And it's like, okay, if you wouldn't put it in the contract. Right, right, right. Because I highly <laughs> doubt that you're going to say, oh, gosh, we just we really shouldn't do that. So we're not going to. It's absurd. 
Yeah. Not only does the government need to get involved because people's lives and jobs are at stake, but just think of the global economy. Think about It'll all of the jobs in. that will be lost if it's they so win. Scary. It's, it's so scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And we're not being hyperbolic. It's like, Mm-mm. I think it's the scariest. I mean, well, climate change is pretty scary as well, but um, I just think about my kid and I'm like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to live on this planet? It's it's just so scary. And on that note, thanks for joining us. Yeah, for another- okay, bye guys. <laughs> it is, I mean, I don't even know where to go from there, but I want y'all to be scared because, you know, I remember once uh, the, the first time that uh, he who shall not be named uh, won the presidency. I was very, very angry. I was just in a really angry state. And my mom said, you know, what can you do? Can you volunteer? Can you give back? Can you do something? She helped me to realize that when I'm feeling hopeless and feeling rage, part of it is because I feel helpless. Mm -hmm. So I started volunteering um, and it totally, totally transformed the way I view the world and helped me to see humanity in a more beautiful light. That being said, people who are not in SAG, what can non-actors do to support Oh, gosh. Well, you can keep sharing our social media posts because, um, you know, like I said, the news corporations are owned by the companies we're striking. And so, like, I think CBS posted this thing about our Chicago rally and they were like 120 people were there today. And I was like, there was way more than 120 people at this rally. Like, I didn't count, but I could tell there was more than 120 people. Okay. Yeah, wow. Um, so, so keep sharing the things that actors are sharing, keep sharing our stories. Um, and you know, talk to people about it. Um, it's not a rich, greedy actor thing. It's a it's working class actors who want to make a living doing something they love. And I yeah. think, you know, one of the the unbecoming things we all have to learn to to like unravel in our mind is that we have to like grind at something we don't like for a living. Mm. Um, and just because actors are doing something that we love doesn't mean that we don't deserve to be paid for it. And doesn't mean that, um, we don't work hard. <laughs> no, we don't work hard. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things we don't like about our work, but the thing we do love might be like connecting with other humans or telling mm. stories, things like that. Those are creative labor is labor. Mm. So, you know, just because something's creative doesn't mean it's not work or, or labor yeah. and doesn't mean that we are we shouldn't be compensated. But anyway, another tangent. OK, uh, something else you can do is you can go to the Entertainment Community Fund or yeah. the SAG After Foundation. Mm. And if you have a few dollars to spare, that would be great. It's those funds are there to help actors and performers and workers like uh, the crew who are out of work right now. Um, thank you to, to the all the crew out there. We appreciate you. Um, thank you for being with us as we're on strike. The writers, uh, you know, we, these are, they can go to these places and get money to pay their bills, to pay their rent. And I think um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson just donated like a seven figure amount to- he did, yeah, Energy I saw Canada. that. So that's so amazing, but like every little bit helps. And um, there's going to be a lot of people out there who are out of work and who need it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think just sharing stories and if you can donate money, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you think of anything else, Eric? 
I show uh, up, show up to the rally, show up to the pickets. You don't have to be a member to do that. Uh, how open are you to people contacting you if they want more information on this? Is that okay? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, just y'all remember, you know, if you think that this doesn't matter or that doesn't, cha doesn't change your life, I want you to think about when you were out of work at the beginning of the pandemic, what did you do? What comforted you? What shows yeah. did you watch? After a long day of work where all you want to do is unwind, what do you do when you sit on the couch? What TV shows do you turn on? Who is a part of your family through storytelling, through the screen? Um, this is a community and we need your help. And that being said, um, if you go to Courtney's Instagram page, at the very top, you will see a place, a button to donate to the Entertainment Community Fund. And the day this podcast comes out is August 3rd in the morning, August 3rd, which is a Thursday. At any point in time on August 3rd, anyone that donates to Courtney's on the link through Courtney's Instagram page, um, I will match it up to $500. Life Coaching by Feltz will match it up to $500. So amazing. Spread the news. Send this podcast to people. Uh, Courtney, encourage people to donate on August. Well, you can always donate before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they're not going to see this before. This is coming out right. August 3rd. But if you listen to this on August 3rd and you donate to her link in Instagram on August 3rd, I will match it up to $500. So spread the word. Tell Thank people you. about it. And um, I'm so grateful for you, Courtney. Thank you for being I'm here. grateful for you. Thank you. Um, you're doing important work. And I'm... Like I said before, I'm I'm just really proud of you and the world needs you. Mm, amen. The world needs you too. Thanks. See you soon, y'all. Bye. Bye. All right, my friends, that's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Great Unbecoming. And if you did, please share this on your social media and tag me, Eric Feltus. That's Eric Feltus on Instagram and Facebook and Eric.Feltus on TikTok. And to make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts and go ahead and give us a five-star review. Your ratings and reviews are really the fuel that keep us going and we're so grateful for your support. And of course, check out this episode and all episodes on our YouTube channel at Life Coaching by Feltus. And finally, don't forget to go to www.lifecoachingbyfeltus.com and sign up for our email list and stay up to date on everything that's coming up and going on in our shame-free community. I will see you next time. And until then, know that in this space, you are always seen, supported, and celebrated. Bye for now.